Welcome to Laugh It Up Fuzzball. I am Joe the Wookie Riot. Welcome to the podcast where we talk about life, the universe, and everything, but mostly geek stuff. A place where we get to let our geek flag fly and talk about all things geek. As I've said before, this isn't an amalgamation of geek news or a comprehensive guide to all genres or the world of geekdom. Hopefully it's just a fun place to cover some geek news, comics, The Simpsons, Star Wars, and whatever randomness finds its way on in the recording. But let us get started. Well, hey, hey, friends. Welcome to level 284 of Laugh It Up Fuzzball. Uh, Noza, just me, just you, dear listener. So, of course, there's uh, we're friends, right? If you're, if you're listening to the podcast for this long or just joining us, hey, welcome. Welcome to the Fuzzy Club. I appreciate everybody that uh, spends their time listening to my silly, silly rambling about the geek world. But uh, we're just going to get into it. Uh, just a little bit of a news catch up. And then uh, there'll be a couple guest episodes on the way. Uh, there's one that I just recorded that I've, I've wanted to, to record for, like, ever. And I finally got to do it and couldn't be more jazzed. But uh need a little bit of time to edit it to make sure it's prim and proper for your ear holes. But hey, uh, we'll get right started into the Triple F, the Fantabulous Fuzzballs Focus, where I call the news from uh, the Laugh at a Fuzzballs Facebook group, plug, plug, plug. And, and take whatever the over 600 people have posted. And uh, yeah, lo- lots of good stuff. And uh, I was actually excited as I was uh, typing up the notes for this. I was like, man, it's a, a bunch of different names. It's not just me and Danny. Of course there is me and there is Danny dropping news there on the on the Facebook group where uh, we can share geekery with others. But it, it's nice to see uh, other names more frequently dropping whatever news they want to there for you. But uh, first up, Jack. And uh, do you know Jack? You don't know Jack, <laughs> but I do. I do know Jack. Not only do I work with uh, Skipper Jack, but uh, he's one of my buddies. We just actually hung out today. He brought some chicken nuggies. Uh, we watched some Muppet Babies with the boy, hung out, talked geeky, and it was cool. Yeah, it's always good to, to hang out with your buddies. Uh, but Jack posted, he posted the TikToks. He's, he's one of the kids. I mean, heck, he's like four months older than, than my oldest child. <laughs> Although I was very, very young when I had my oldest child. But uh, yeah, posted a, a rubber chicken kaiju TikTok. Just somebody uh, chopping up uh, uh, rubber ducks a la Fozzie Bear to, to tie it back into the Muppet Babies and the Muppets. Uh, but uh, them them chopping it up and making a, a Godzilla, a kaiju, out of rubber chickens. And that's cool. And uh, he definitely posted that up for uh, Blue mainly. But I enjoyed it as well. Of course, Danny the Deuce, aka the semi-official news mofo, is always going to drop news. And this this time is no different. The first one being uh, Zack Snyder fans petitioning for Army of the Dead to win Oscars Fan Favorite Award. And there, there's a lot to unpack here. Uh, Snyder does have a crazy loyal fan base. Apparently they wanted his uh, Justice League to actually be the one that got, got in contention for the fan favorite Although it was not eligible, for, I didn't actually read what all the reasons were, but I imagine just because it's, it's basically a director's cut, if you will. But then instead, them you know taking a movie that would be eligible, Army of the Dead on Netflix, and and trying to mobilize their forces to to win this fan favorite. I mean, also in there is just the the interestingness of of the Oscars. You know, they announced they they pulled a whole bunch of their awards from their actual like televised award show including including some categories that just are intrinsic to to anybody that that is a cinephile or or a film geek 
but then they're also going to have a, a fan favorite and my hope is that the the fans of Spider-Man No Way Home will mobilize uh, and, and prove that that was the, the fan favorite of the past year because I mean shit it made all the money most of the money in the box office beat all the other things so I think it's pretty clear that it, it's sort of a favorite but we'll we'll see how it goes it, it does feel like a a desperate grab on the part of the Oscars like to be to be hip and 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 with it with the kids how you doing fellow youths <laughs> Steve Buscemi with a skateboard if you will but uh yeah it's it's Oscars really isn't the it's not the MTV you know teen choice award it's it's not any of those things so it it's sort of silly uh just just nominate films that people like if you think that they're good films but you know it's neither here nor there that is all to say Eh, Army of the Dead probably, you know, an enjoyable movie. Uh, I I do like a lot of the stuff that Zack Snyder does, but uh, but Oscar worthy, I never, as I was watching Army of the Dead, considered it in at that level. But you know, it'll it'll be what it is because it's fan favorite, and uh, with anything with the internet and voting, there are ways for people that are savvy in those regards to to make things happen, and it'll be interesting to see how that how that shakes out. Although I have I've not watched a. Uh, uh, the Oscars in years and years and years and years, uh, over a decade probably. So uh, I, I don't have a dog in the race, so to speak, but uh, I will be interested uh, what wins when all is said and done and it's on the interwebs, what the results were. Uh, of course, some of the geeky stuff that we like did get nominated. So we'll see. Uh, hopefully, you know, as much as I, you know, I've, I've been like, ah, Dune, man, I actually think it is. Uh, a masterpiece of a movie in regards to Denny Villeneuve and what he did with the with the Herbert book. So I, w- I would be interested for it to win some awards. But I did see that Denny Villeneuve didn't even get nominated for director. That just sort of feels like garbage. You can't you can't have a movie in contention for best picture and not have best director. I just think those those go hand in hand. But I mean, it is it can be argued that since they can have up to ten movies in the best picture slot, you know, Dark Knight actually is the reason that that happens you know they they broadened it so that some more popular movies could make it of course and then they don't pick any of them because that's exactly what uh what entitled uh academy uh members would do that that makes sense to me but uh yeah uh we'll we'll see i'll be i'll be curious if any of the geeky stuff wins awards you know infamously uh suicide squad not the suicide squad not the superior james gunn version but suicide squad did win an Oscar for Best Makeup. It is an Oscar-winning movie, an Academy Award-winning movie, which is that's just the geek world we live in. Sometimes it's wild and crazy, and uh, what are you going to do? Um, what else did, did Mr. Deuce post? Uh, Danny the Deuce posted... Sorry, I actually realized that, uh, that uh, my news are... Uh, is completely out of order. But uh, John DiMaggio has reached a deal to join the Futurama cast. Uh, it's really, really good news. When the news first came out, and I know I talked about it here on the podcast, uh, I think I had said it was going to be 10 episodes. It has actually uh, been confirmed that it's going to be 20 episodes on Hulu in 2023. And and that's super cool. And, you know, you don't, you don't have Futurama without Bender. And now we do have Bender, so... Excitement, more Futurama on Hulu, and I'm I'm super stoked about it. Matt Groening and the gang coming back to give us more funny, 
a century, not a century, uh, a millennia? Oh, wow. Roman, you're not here to help me. Uh, a century would be a hundred years. So uh, a thousand years, uh, century. No, no, 20th century, that's a hundred years. Uh, stand by, because it's going to drive me crazy. Do, 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 boo, do, 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 boo, boo, do. Do 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 ba do 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 be do boop boop boo do a millennium. It is the dawning of the age of millennium. Finally got millennium in ten thousand years. It's called a decimillennium falcon. There you go. A thousand year falcon. Even though it's spelt different in the Star Wars. <laughs> and I guess maybe I should have known that because a millennial is is the the born in 2000. I don't, I don't know. It's after 10 o'clock, approaching on the 11 o'clock and, and getting to where this is not even really technically going to be posted on a Sunday. Going to be posted on a Monday. And that's a-okay. But yeah, the future antics, um, millennium away from 1999 because that is when Fry ended up uh cryogenically time traveling but ah there you go long time thanks for dealing with me danielle posted the t-rex may have evolved into three species meaning you get tyrannosaurus rex that evolves to tyrannosaurus imperator and then tyrannosaurus regina and it's always regina's fault the original mean girls of tyrannosauruses uh, it is important to know um, there's disagreement among the paleontologists uh, in regards to this. But, um, you know, if it is true, it's it's sort of interesting that that would make the most complete fossil of a T-Rex actually a Tyrannosaurus Imperator. Um, also, if you care, that, uh, that the most complete fossil of, a, I believe, a dinosaur period, but definitely of a Tyrannosaurus, is called Sue and uh, not Regina, not Regina Small. Uh, Sue Storm, <laughs> the the Tyrannosaurus, uh, but it, you know it's it's interesting and uh, I mean you can you can talk to maybe maybe not even just old guys like me but guys a little bit older. I know uh, one of the Skipper legends I know named Randy. He he liked to talk about when he was a boy. There were six kinds of dinosaurs, and it does feel like when I was a boy there was nowhere near the plethora of dinosaurs that there is now. But that's just the the very nature of uh, you know archaeological science, paleontological science, like continuing to study and dig, and explore and find new things, and that's freaking cool. And because little kids love them some dinosaurs, yeah, and some agreement amongst the different paleontologists. But it is interesting. I think the the biggest uh, argument that I've seen that says uh, this isn't the case. Is that the you know the people or the person uh, proposing this theory, this hypothesis, if you will, has not brought together a whole bunch of different schools to show like different morphologies to to talk about this evolution, and uh, I it got me thinking because I was actually talking to Jack about it today that you know in the in the different you know Homo species from Homo sapiens to Homo erectus to Homo habilis, you look at those schools. And you're not even talking the same time frame, the same thousands, you know, hundreds of thousands of years. You actually have a lot of differences in the skulls proving like the evolution or at least demonstrating 
evidence for evolution uh, amongst the different species going all the way to us homo sapiens sapiens and you don't i guess see that in the tyrannosaurus skulls so you know that that leads me to believe that maybe there's some some water there for uh, the argument that this isn't true but you know i'm sure uh this will be an ongoing study and argument and we'll see how it shakes out and i'm nowhere near as shooketh as uh sir danny the sheriff of dusseldorf you know that that all my life is untrue because i remember when when there was i remember when there were brontosauruses before we discovered that they're actually brachiosauruses and i remember the discovery uh, the Velociraptor is really small and covered in feathers, and not the the animals of that the 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 thunder lizards of my nightmare. In fact, I actually remember when we thought dinosaurs were lizards, and not uh, birds. So yeah, lots of changes there in the dinosaur department, and uh, more to come. I'm sure. Danny also posted about all elite wrestling, AEW itself acquiring Ring of Honor, and I was very honest with it that I did not know what it meant. Uh, so I didn't have an opinion. Uh, I, I've learned a little bit more. You know, basically, WWE was the only wrestling company that had the power to like buy other other things. And I guess Ring of Honor is a place where uh, some wrestlers have gotten their start. It is revered. People enjoy it. And AEW seems to be on the up and up. You know, expanding their their horizons. I even read an article that they may actually have a uh, a streaming deal with HBO Max. Uh, in the future where people will get access to the AEW library and if wrestling's your bag hey now they've acquired Ring of Honor and I'm sure that they have plans for what they're going to do with that and good news this seems like good news uh, for the wrestling world although uh, could it could it just be two superpowers rising up and crushing all the other competition I don't know and this is something Danny would have to talk more or someone who knows the wrestling would have to talk more about uh, but it, it is interesting news for people that enjoy the wrestling. Dan also posts about the Hulu exclusive Alien movie that will be directed by Fetty Alvarez, who is the director of Evil Dead and Don't Breathe. Um, this will be produced by Ridley Scott. And I, I guess, you know, within the article was also the news that Hulu, I guess, has the plans to do 10 original films a year. And that this is one of them. And uh, I mean, you got to compete with Netflix somehow, and Netflix is definitely spending money on making original movies. Um, it must be said that this is separate from the Noah Hawley Alien TV series that he's doing for FX on Hulu. So uh, much more Alien, and this uh, you know Disney's name's not plastered all over this news, but this is you know Disney making sure that the IP that they have under Fox, which is now twentieth twentieth Century Studios. Uh, is, is being used and Alien is one of the more popular IP that they acquired with that Fox Fox merger so hey cool I uh, I enjoy the different Alien content that exists in the world and and I'm I'm curious and interested for more I even uh, didn't didn't hate the the prequel stuff if you will with uh, Covenant and uh, not named Alien but uh movie and I'm I'm too tired to even think about it. Roman Roman listener be mad at me that uh that it's, it's not popping into my head. Other Ridley Scott alien world content. There you go. And honestly it's gonna bother me, but I'm just gonna move on. Cause uh that's what I need to do. Um Danny also posted that there's gonna be an I Am Legend sequel starring Will Smith and Michael B. Jordan. Akiva Goldsmith is returning to write it. And uh I, I don't know how they're gonna do that. 
Uh, I was pretty sure that Will Smith had a daughter in the movie. Um, and uh, may or may not have spoilers died in the movie. But who knows? Uh, I, I'm interested. I haven't, I haven't actually gone back and watched the I Am Legend movie in a while. But it did make a lot of money for... Uh, for the people that made the movie, I mean, some like three, two or three hundred mil stateside, and then like I think it was like eight hundred something mil worldwide, and and that's a, a good return on investment, and uh, they'll they'll make more, and it's been a while since that first movie, and uh, you know Will Smith has gotten a bit older, but he's still still kicking ass, King Richard himself, but yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh, I <laughs> actually, while I was reading the article about it, I didn't even realize that people were taking the movie I Am Legend and, and using it for coronavirus conspiracies. And just sometimes the world is weird, and I see stuff like that, and I'm just like, well. And I like that the screenwriter is like, no, ah, this is fiction. I made this shit up. God, ah. <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes the truth is stranger than fiction, but sometimes fiction is just fiction. Just saying. Uh, the other Joseph posted the news that Disney Plus announced the Marvel Netflix show's arrival in Canada on February 28th. Uh, the shows are disappearing from Netflix on March 1st. And, and thankfully, you know, when I saw this news from Joseph, I was like, bro, it says Canada. So we don't know what it means for the states. But then Danny posted the confirmation of the arrival of the Marvel Netflix shows on March 16th on Disney Plus, as well as Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, and then, you know, immediately I was like, man, those those Netflix shows are dark and gritty. Like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. makes sense on Disney+, Plus; it fits right in with other, the other MCU content. But, uh, you know, people had fears that they were going to, you know, bring them and then do some sort of, like, crazy editing and censoring of the material to make it, you know, appropriate for the, the audiences. But then, you know, Disney+, Plus has announced new parental controls which means that that fear of uh, censoring it, it seems to be something that's not going to happen because uh, there are, there are there are parts of Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Punisher, Luke Cage that that are a little risque. I mean, my buddy James was spot on with the crazy realization that the steamy sex scene between Jessica Jones and Luke Cage is going to be on the same streamer right next to West Side Story in a Kanto. and uh, I'm not too surprised. By this, especially because just watching Free Guy on Disney Plus, uh, that movie's not crazy risque, but there, I mean, there's there's some humor and some adult content, and it it's on Disney Plus, and while it's still PG thirteen, it's definitely more adult than the regular content that had been on there before, and we can only hope that this spells good things for the future. This could actually be a way for Deadpool to find its way onto Disney Plus next to the other Marvel stuff, and uh, yeah excitement i mean right now it's the the 6th of march as i record it'll be the 7th of march uh the monday that you're probably listening to this and that means in in nine to ten days uh all of these shows available again uh and it could mean them using the characters a whole bunch more whether it be on on the the streamer shows or whether it be in the movies and uh i think it's excitement for all of us and agents of shield being available for everybody all of it really really good news darian posted a spider-man no way home meme thingy and i'm gonna admit i I did not get why it was so great uh but i often have to have memes and 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 gifs gifs especially ones that recreate others explained to me uh but yeah it was funny look cool and there you go darian forever goaded all right (laughs) forever goaded 
Uh, I did post some stuff. I posted the trailer for Diabolical. It's already up on Amazon Prime for anyone that wants to watch it. Uh, it was on March 4th, so two days ago, three days ago. Uh, and I've, I've seen it. I've actually binged the entire thing and enjoyed the piss out of it. And maybe I'll talk about it more on the tail end of this, depending on how long this news takes. I also posted Kevin Smith announced Secret Stash Press, which is a comic book line doing original comics for Dark Horse. Uh, I love that we're going to get more of the Ask Universe through comics, which is so in line with Kevin Smith and his life's work. He's such a comic nerd, such a geek culture nerd. Uh, and, and just embedded within that, the news that a fan will get to publish and hot dog, if that does not interest me. Uh, am I am I so lucky that I could work on my uh, Rainbow Man script and actually get it there? Who knows? But, you know, sometimes it's nice to dream, perchance to dream, perchance to live. Uh, I'm going to have to keep working on my comic script and hope that there's some sort of contest to enter. Uh, so I'm going to keep my eye on this, but I would ask any of the loyal fuzzballs to do the same. And heck, if you're if you're an aspiring writer working on a comic, shit, man, I'm all about the competition. I'm all about uh, everybody getting a chance, and I, I just think it's really freaking cool. And uh, keep your eyes on the prize, friends. Uh, I also posted the Catwoman is Black article. Um, if you actually the the website that I posted the link from is a really good follow. If you're if you're looking at a representation within this geeky sphere that we all enjoy. Uh, but it just sort of, I mean, the Batman is out. I'm not going to get to see it until Thursday. Um, but like people pissed off, like cat, not my cat woman. Yeah, go fuck yourself. Cause Eartha kit. Oh God. When I'm, when I'm thinking of Batman, like the first, the first way Batman entered my life at like the tender age or like four or five, like in the daycare before kindergarten at my Christian school was Batman 66 and Eartha kit. Bat, Catwoman, beautiful, beautiful Eartha Kit, meow, all over the screen, just so wonderful. And I mean, that's that's not the only actress in this talented pool of black actresses that have played the cat. I mean, Halle Berry, Berry that movie's not great. It's not. But Halle Berry definitely, like, put on the, the cat cowl because of Eartha Kit before. And then Sanaa Lathan, like, doing the voice on uh, the, the Harley Quinn show, and even Naya Rivera... Uh, rest in power sweet lady like got to do it and and there there's many many different actresses some white some black some brown who have who have voiced catwoman and and honestly like i said in the little little short blurb that i put before the article i honestly have always sort of thought of like catwoman as latina uh i don't i don't you know it's just sort of how i looked at her like and selena kyle can be who selena kyle is but uh the article it's a good article it's a short read but uh, that's all to say, like, wow, as long as it's good, who cares? Uh, wow. Just really sort of a... I mean, I always know that there's the, the potential for, for ugliness and awfulness in the world, but I still get bummed when I see that that's the case. Uh, BK posted a couple things. Uh, joke images, but Professor DMX, y'all gonna make me use my mind. Open here, open here. Uh, sure, BK, if it was after a couple beers, that's fine, because it made me laugh and it made me smile and I appreciate it and sometimes it's nice not to have a news article or an argument just to have something fun like your joke image of Ken Shamrock in 2019 and yes it does look like a roided out Al Bundy although I would never say those words to Ken Shamrock's face because uh man he's been uh been using his strength and his body to kick some ass uh for a long long time and I remember him you know in the UFC back uh before 
before it was all sorts of stuff when it was just the videos that you that you could rent or the the pay-per-views and just watching him kick ass and take names so uh yeah yeah good joke but uh ken shamrock would probably whoop all of us and then Corey posted the bullet train trailer this is a movie that's coming out july 15th brad pitt fighting on a bullet train in japan and it gets a sorted cast of quirky assassins and and what's not to like it uh yeah it totally it looks bonkers it looks bananas uh it seems like brad pitt may be going back to his roots a la um when he was in the guy Ritchie film uh snatch and you know while he's not playing a a, a mush-mouthed pikey uh, it looks cool, uh, and I, I like seeing Brad Pitt fighting and, and kicking ass, uh, and, and looks like joking as well, and maybe again hit a time or two as well, and it does look cool. Thanks for sharing that with us, Corey. But that's all of the stuff from the Fantabulous Fuzzballs Focus, the Triple F, if you will. There are some other news stories. In fact, I was surprised by how much news was like saved either uh, either in my uh, my folder of things to talk about, uh, and as as well as. Uh, you know, uh, on I, I save news a lot of different ways, and sometimes I save articles like, oh, I'll, talk, I'll post that later on Laughing at Fuzzballs because I don't want to bombard people with like article after article after article unless there's been some huge news dump. <laughs> you said dump, but um, yeah, I was surprised there was quite a bit of news that I didn't share to Fuzzballs, and I guess I can apologize for that, but it all finds its way here into like the news roundup. So, yes, yes, sorry, but also. You're welcome, but we're going to go right into Let the Wookiee Win, where we talk about some Star Wars, and the first news article is less a news article and more more of a, a semi-recent revelation, and actually uh, I posted it up on my Twitter quite recently, in fact, uh, maybe while I was recording this, just because uh, I wrote down my thoughts and I uh, wanted it easy to read, but I, I'm watching episode four, A New Hope, and and we're, we're on the Death Star, and we've got the the plan of uh, you know Luke being a little too short for a stormtrooper and like Han Solo and the the entire plan is to put uh, Chewbacca in binders and like go go to the uh, you know the the prison deck where Leia is being kept and and you know it, it never really hit me but you know not a single Imperial gives a second glance to two stormtroopers leading a Wookiee in binders. And you know, some might see an oversight, like, oh, they, they should have noticed that. But but what I what I saw was like I just was like, what the fuck? Like an evil at a level that an enslaved species moving through the Death Star is just common. And I mean the Death Star is you know, the the secret plans, but the the Imperial battle station, the the super weapon, but uh, apparently chock full of some freaking slaves as well as all those imperials where we're not or, or just uh the the evil is so entrenched in in the structures of of the imperials that that seen in a slave look you're like yeah that's just sort of what we do we we do that and like just straight to the guy when you're really freaking get to the the prison deck like uh, that thing and I'm like Wookiees are not things you mother trucker and I'm so happy to see Chewbacca kick some ass and uh them them uh, you know I never never argue for killing the bad guys but yeah you know I, I didn't didn't shed a tear when uh when these uh asshats these racist or speciesist asshats just uh 
you know, uh, get get their come on, but so to speak. But I don't know, it just sort of sort of got me got me thinking, and it was something I figured I'd share right right along the lines with uh, we did the the great uh, Mando spoiler review, and it was a lot of fun. And I, I, from the the few buddies of mine who have listened to it, I've talked to it at work. Uh, I did not. One of the things I wanted to talk about that I didn't was just the name Mayor. Mock Shais, the Thorian from Mandalorian, and it just sort of the Thorian from Mandalorian, not Thorian from Boba Fett, but the other two do rhyme very well together. <laughs> but um, friends, Romans, country people, how how did we not realize that literally his name is Mayor McCheese, like the the mayor of of Mos Espa is Mayor Muck. She's Makshai's Mayor McCheese. Fuck, fuck, Faloni Favreau. Wow, that's just stuck in my head. And now, now I really want to dive on the interwebs and see if anybody's actually done an image of Mayor McCheese just sitting there in the throne for that. I'm sure somebody has, but man, where where I love a name like Robocob, <laughs> the the Mayor McCheese name. I don't I don't know how I feel about it. It's just sort of wow, it's on there, and I I know. There's, I mean, there's Eloasti, uh, a tribute to the Beastie Boys, and there's there's much more than that, and there's unoriginal names, uh, that the Godel species, right? It's just because they look like goats, uh, where there's clever ones like the Deveronians, uh, to say that they look like devils, but uh, finding a, a more clever way to do that. But yeah, and uh, as, as I'm talking about all that, apparently the librarians have done their work and pulled up the name Prometheus for the Ridley Scott movie that I was mentioning. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure the those wonderful, lovely human beings that are the librarians of my brain library who hate me because uh, I often call them off of their coffee breaks to find some uh, useless information that's filed away in the very, very unorganized and messy library that is my brain. But uh yeah, Mary McCheese, Chewy the Slave, and the Imperials don't care, fuck them, and uh, Prometheus. There you go. Moving to news, uh, I did read an article about Ian McDermott teasing that Palpatine might be skulking in the shadows of Obi-Wan. Uh, it was him talking. It's pretty funny because the same article where he's pretty sure that he's not coming back because it's his dirty granddaughter made, made sure it was so... Uh, <laughs> I don't know that he called her dirty, but it, it was something along those lines. Uh, but not official confirmation of the Emperor in the upcoming show. But, I mean, it would make sense. And and if he does, I for one will celebrate them letting Sir Ian McDermott come back one more time. And, oof, I'm actually okay with the Emperor returning in something. <laughs> and color me surprised. But really, it, Vader, we know, is around in the show. So it would only make sense to see this Emperor in some way, shape, or form. And Ian McDermott is the Emperor. And he's still around. So it's right on brand, and uh, wouldn't even wouldn't even be a bad thing. It would just be what it was. Uh, there is news that there's going to be eight episode Mandalorian comic coming this June. Hey, more Mando content. Of course, uh, there's not any news whether this is just like uh, giving like the story that we already have plus some uh, bonus scenes, or whether this is a uh, uh, original tales. Maybe this is a way for them to like fill in a little bit of stuff that they're not going to be able to. To talk about before they get to season three which is coming at the end of this year but cool star wars comics are a lot of fun and uh finally we're getting some of the extra mandalorian content that was sort of teased and promised back during you know mandalorian season one there was an entire book ended up getting scrapped 
because they wanted to explore the world in the live action rather than being beholden to whatever book was being written. Um, there's also just, you know, Star Wars is a force for good. And I, I know I, I say that, and I'm sure there's someone that's like, really, Wook? Like, this this geeky pop culture that you enjoy so much, this epic space opera, a force for good? But it is, you know, even if it's just like the 501st, raising money for charity, or or visiting sick kids in hospitals, or or all the, the, the countless ways that the the brand has been used for good stuff, but recently, uh, a bunch of, uh, of, of I don't want to say influencers, but you know people people who can make a difference started the Amadala Initiative, launched in Texas quite recently to support trans youth. Uh, partnered with Equality Texas, and this isn't me wanting to to get you know too political for you, but you know there is some stuff that's going down all over the world. Uh, look, look, not even look out your window unless you live in some place like Kiev. And God, my heart goes out to all the people in Ukraine right now. Uh, but in, in our own backyards, uh, down south in Texas, the Lone Star State, you know, the, the governor is, is doing things and there's other places doing things which just are making the world an unsafe space for, for everybody that exists in it. And, and one of the, one of the, you know, isolated, and beleaguered groups of, of human beings in in America and the world abroad are, are trans human beings and especially trans youth. You know, teenagers that are trans kill themselves at a much higher percentage than other teenagers and any loss of life is so sad. And you know what, letting other people be who they are, who their authentic selves are, doesn't take anything away from you. And it just ha- having a, a child who is non-binary trans just fucking pisses me off and makes me angry but then i see something like this where they've, they've launched an initiative to help support these poor you know youths and um i and and you know just the power of you know padme amidala wouldn't stand for slavery and corruption and and for for minority groups being oppressed and and using her name of this fictional character for an initiative that that actually may make a damn difference in the world and touch some lives and make their lives better and and I for one completely support that I think that's lovely and wonderful and I hope it does so great and if you're if you're interested look it up I'm sure there's a way to donate and support it there's there's lots of good charities that that do good things in the world and if you got the extra ducats help them out I mean you know I always say like hey if you want to throw some money towards the podcast or buy a shirt do it but I would much rather you you support a charity that that does some damn good in the world uh, so there you go my my sort of good in the world is offering you some some silly respite from all the the horrors and tribulations of our existence uh, but every once in a while there's something like this that's good to talk about uh, and does give me hope and Star Wars is all about hope uh, there are early reviews of the Galactic Star Cruiser in Florida uh, you can read them some people love it love it love it love it other people think it's not worth the price tag or that they expected more i have heard that if you go in fully into the narrative and and just let loose and and play with abandon you know everybody plays <laughs> anybody that listens to the podcast that works with me would get a chuckle out of that uh but yeah that that you can have a life changing experience uh but it, it is expensive you know five grand for two people 
that's a, that's a, a pricey price tag, not something this particular Wookiee can afford. Uh, but yeah, early reviews, and I'm sure there'll be more reviews, and then there's going to be the podcast and whatnot. But uh, if you're so inclined to see what people thought about it, you can find those reviews on the interwebs. And then I did just hear some good news that maybe Star Wars Rogue Squadron is back on track for December 22nd, 2023. Of course, there was the news that Patty Jenkins had, had other obligations, but sometimes I think people like hear these rumors and throw out these news stories and you know the clickbait getting eyes on their stuff, getting their ad revenue uh, before, before before the ink is dried, before the decisions have been made. And uh, there are reports that, uh, that everything's back on track and that Rogue Squadron may very well be the movie that we get next year to give us more Star Wars movies. And I, I certainly, for one, hope that is true. Moving from the Star Wars over to all the other geeky flavors and the flavor of the geek, um, there's, there's lots of interesting stuff. I mean... In just the the people we like who have good things happen to them, James Gunn is engaged to Peacemaker star Jennifer Holland. So for everyone in love with hardcore after watching Peacemaker, so Sally Charlie, she's taken by someone much cooler and more uh, more expensive. <laughs> Why did I read the word expensive? I think uh, impressive might have been what I meant to say, or expressive or creative. But uh, somebody, I mean, not that James Gunn's better than any of us, but he's doing pretty well for himself. That James Gunn's so hot right now. Uh, and apparently he's been dating Jennifer Holland since well before the Suicide Squad, like way back in 2015. And yes, he, he, he put his girlfriend, fiance, in one of his things, but that's okay because she was good in it. You know what I mean? Like, if she sucked at it, you'd be like, ah, maybe you should have done different. But she she's done very well. And I mean, they've been together, you know, back when he was just Guardians of the Galaxy famous. So good for him these creative people that bring the the lovely things into our life deserve to be happy and i'm sure there's lots of people that are man hardcore it's so beautiful she is an attractive human being and in love with james gunn and good for them i celebrate their happiness uh steven amell had some comments on uh the peacemaker arrow disc uh you gotta watch peacemaker the show is so freaking good but but uh john cena's character is making fun of all sorts of characters uh, and I, I won't spoil what he said about Green Arrow involving uh, brony conventions, but uh, Stephen Amell <laughs> was told about what was said about, about Arrow, and he commented that he has not seen the show since he's too busy on AEW showing John Cena what professional wrestling should look like. <laughs> and it's great. It's just shade and lovely. Uh, and there you go. Um, Coke is releasing a new flavor called... Starlight! No, not the, the character from The Boys, but a space-inspired beverage to drink at home. Uh, a red-colored Coke with, quote, notes reminiscent of stargazing around a campfire, as well as a cooling sensation that evokes the feeling of a cold journey to space. Whatever that means, and the whatever that means are my words, but uh, more quotes. The mystery and essence of what the Coca-Cola company loves about space uh, and sure, I guess they do love space since I learned in the article uh, that they've partnered with NASA for 35 years because 35 years ago they made sure that they were the first soft drink in space. Uh, this new flavor has dropped February 21st. So go find it. Drink you some red space Coke. And uh, people are already wondering if it's going to end up in Galaxy's Edge. I, I don't know. They got them thermal detonator Cokes. Uh, so maybe Starlight coming to Galaxy's Edge near you. 
but probably in a store or a 7-Eleven or a gas station near you and try you some red red Starface Coke and see if you like it. <laughs> red Starface Coke sounds like an entirely different thing. That probably costs a lot more money than a 20-ounce soda. Uh, but we're going to move on to the No Way Home Riders did confirm that Mysterio was originally in their movie. Uh, it's really, it was an interesting article that talked about a lot of different ideas. Uh, the, the long and short, as we know, when you're working on a movie or a comic or a book, you know, you have ideas and you work on it and things change, and especially with movies, because um, they decided they wanted to use a whole bunch of villains, but they had to had to use a specific amount and do a, a specific thing. So Mysterio had played his role in that second Spidey film uh, and does set up the things that happen in the beginning of No Way Home. So, you know, I'm okay with Mysterio not being in the movie. But it was interesting to, to read. And you can see, uh, you literally type in like No Way Home Writers, Mysterio, uh, and you'll probably find the articles or the articles about the article talking about this. Uh, there are Thor Love and Thunder Legos. Oh man, I really want that goat boat. It's called the goat boat. It is a Viking ship plus Tooth Nasher. And and the other other one, a freaking oh! If if you look at the package online, it's just so beautiful. It's so pretty. I really really want this Lego. And also the packaging gives you your first potential look at uh, Gore the God Butcher. Oh, I you know I didn't. I'm I've seen Spider Man Legos, but the fact that they're doing Legos for Thor: Love and Thunder, my excitement for this movie coming this June could not could not be higher. God. I just cannot wait to see this freaking movie, uh, and and there you go. I'm really really excited about it. Uh, I thought this next news was pretty funny. So apparently, the cast members for Star Trek Four were just as surprised about Star Trek Four as the fans who learned about Star Trek Four in a in a big gutsy move. Uh, Paramount, you know, announces a movie that gets everybody super stoked with the entire cast returning and then the agents and the actors are like, wait, what? And it's interesting because, you know, that that really does take away a lot of the leverage of the studio. Uh, now, you know, the the actors can see how excited all the fans are about it and, and ask for, you know, their paycheck. And uh, does that mean that Paramount's just like, we'll pay whatever money we need to. We need this Star Trek for or do they do they think that you know there would be uh, a negative backlash if any stars wanted more way too much money to give the fans what they want? Uh, but I just think that's hilarious. Like you know, coming soon to laugh it up fuzzball, an episode with Danny and Blue a day, <laughs> which is not happening. But you know, putting it out there and then Danny and Blue boom like what? <laughs> no, oh. And then the negative backlash when it doesn't happen, boys, because we didn't give the fans what they wanted. I don't, I don't know, but I'm still. I think it's cool that we're getting a Star Trek Four. If we're getting a Star Trek Four, if they can figure out the money stuff, we shall see. Uh, there is one last trailer for Morbius. Uh, you can watch it if you want to. I watched it. I didn't see anything new. So there you go. Uh, I already mentioned AEW may have a streaming deal with HBO Max earlier, so we're going we're gonna to stream right on past that. Uh, Taika Waititi, I read a funny article where he, he says that he lied to Marvel to get the Ragnarok, gil, uh, Ragnarok deal, the gig. I, I was reading the word gig and thinking of the word deal, and said gil, you know, because that gil, 
man, what a sad character on The Simpsons. But for Taika Waititi, I mean, it's not really a big deal. He was just saying that basically when he talked to Marvel, he said he could do whatever they needed. They're like, yeah, I could do that. Oh, oh yeah, oh, that would be fine too. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, my name is Taika. I like to make movies and I'll do whatever you want. Uh, and I mean, honestly, then we got Ragnarok, so yay for all of us. Uh, the article I read also had his description for the next Thor movie, uh, which is why I really even saved this news to share. And I'll, I'll just quote him. He said, quote, it's crazier. I'll tell you what's different. There'll be more emotion in the film and a lot more love and a lot more thunder and a lot more Thor if you've seen the photos. <laughs> and that's my Korg. I don't know how good it is tonight. Uh, my name is Korg. This is Meek. He's a bulk with blades for hands. <laughs> but yes, more love, more thunder, more Thor. Hooray. Um, and that's that's all the, the news. Wow, we got through it. Wow, me and you. And that gives uh, 15 minutes before the hour. So I guess I can do a real brief uh, geeky watches with non-spoiler thoughts. Uh, Book of Boba Fett, duh did i finished it and if you listen to level 283 you can hear my thoughts and blue's thoughts and danny's thoughts all about it uh i did finish the witcher season two uh really this is me catching up <laughs> you know two months too late for some of this stuff uh but i i put it on on my list of five things that i wanted to talk about for last year it's really good i enjoyed it very much i did a good job with season two uh they went instead of having the the crazy time jumps they went with the more linear story and I appreciated it, and I, I'm very interested in what happens in the world of Geralt for the future. Um, I, me and Ty Guy did watch the fourth season of Camp Cretaceous. Man, it's good, and uh, it, it's gone past uh, all the movies that we've seen, but maybe giving us information for what we're going to get in the next, next Jurassic World movie, which is this year. Uh, I watched Don't Look Up. Man, that Netflix movie... You know, you watch that and you're like, am I watching a movie or am I watching a documentary? And it, it goes over a lot of interesting things going on in our world now. And it's yes, it's a movie about an asteroid, but it really is a movie about climate change. Um, and uh, when you find out that information after you've seen it, you're like, man, maybe I should go back. But I mean, Leonardo DiCaprio and a whole bunch of talented actors like Meryl Streep's in the movie, Timothy Chalamet's in the movie, uh, Jennifer Lawrence and Ariana Grande. And I think even Chris Evans was in the movie. Like it, it just, it does a really good job, of of making you think about the world that we live in. And I mean the the genre of disaster movies is usually like big budget CGI, uh, and in, instead you get this uh, this character study, uh, sat satirizing like the world that we live in. And uh, it, it was it was entertaining and funny and tragic. And it's not doesn't have a happy ending, which is very very uh weird you know uh i mean it's done in plenty of other movies but but i thought that that it was really well done and adam mckay directing it it just it was it was a, a good freaking movie and i enjoyed it very very much and uh i recommend it i think uh i think it was uh definitely worth especially if you have netflix i mean it's free it's right there uh and i i enjoyed it very very much I thought it was a, a fresh, fresh take on, uh, on interesting ideas. 
Um, what else did I watch? Star Trek Discovery Season 4. I've seen a few episodes of the fourth season. Uh, there's more, but but I think I've said it on the podcast. The the Paramount Plus uh, streamer, it just it blows. <laughs> Definitely Paramount Minus. Uh, the boy has even stopped asking like to watch... Uh, uh, Star Trek Prodigy. He enjoyed it. We watched the first episode. He liked it very much, but it won't load. We haven't gotten to see the Rumble movie that's on there. I mean, Picard has started, and I'm not even willing to fire it up. I've even, even thought about just you know dropping the the ten bucks on on Amazon Prime to just subscribe to Paramount through there because I know it'll work because I've I've watched, you know the the Paramount uh, back when it was uh, whatever CBS All Access through Amazon and it worked much better. I don't know if I'm going to spend that money. I mean, the money money's tight. Every paycheck goes to some sort of bill, and then there's not much left. Uh, but but yeah, uh, it uh, it it was it was good. Season four of uh, Star Trek Discovery that I saw so far, I enjoyed it. I did watch the second season of Star Trek Lower Decks. Man, that show it, it's it's hilarious. It's a it's a good cartoon. Definite, still Rick and Morty esque in that Star Trek universe, but lots of lots of deep pulls of different Star Trek stuff. And I don't know that I'm a big enough Star Trek nerd to to get all of the the pulls and pokes and everything, but I still enjoy it. And like I said, I watched uh, the first episode of Star Trek Prodigy. We enjoyed it with the kid. Uh, it was it was different, but uh, it was in that universe and had stuff. I did watch Arcane. Uh, if you want to hear us talk about Arcane, just go back to the 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 best of episode where we talked about about television blue talks very very much about it it's beautiful uh it it does a wonderful job with the the league of legends stuff uh and and bringing it to a new audience uh we watched hotel transylvania 4 transformania that is streaming i think that was amazon prime that we watched it but i'm not sure it might have been hulu but you know it's a, a super cute movie and we watched it several times uh, whenever we watch a movie and the boys actually want to watch it again, like in a, a a recent amount of time, I know that that it was a good movie that they really enjoyed, and I I enjoyed it too with them. Um, did watch the Wheel of Time, uh, that that was a good show. I, I liked it very much, uh, based on based on a, a series of books that's very popular, and I thought it was fun. It was uh, it seemed like it was going to be a slow burn, and then it wasn't a slow burn, but I, I liked that world, and uh, I think I think you could. You could do much worse than than watching shows. I, I I really enjoy the the fantasy shows with magic and and witches and and different creatures, and and you know this this uh, I hate saying TV series because really it's a it's a streamer series. But um, you know, Rosamund Pike's really really good in the show, and uh, lots of different actors that you haven't seen before. Um, but Amazon Prime, you know, Amazon's doing a really, really bang-up job with a, a lot of its series. Um, I did watch on, on the Hippo Max, the Harry Potter 20th Anniversary Return to Hogwarts. Did watch it with my love, who really, really loves the world of Harry Potter, and we enjoyed it. It was a really, really well-done show. Uh, in the Hogwarts Tournament of Houses, it is also available, you know, altogether on the Hippo Max. We liked it. It was a cute little little competition between Harry Potter and nerds. Um, and, and we rooted and, and Ty got into it and really liked uh, guessing the answers to the questions even though he had no idea what he's talking about because he hasn't read the books uh, I think he's like yeah, 100 pages into the very first book in the series because uh, mama got it for him for Christmas so he could he could get into her geekdom uh, but and he, he picked the house that he wanted to win and, uh, and we all picked houses that we wanted to win and it, it shook out how it did 
uh, and Ty was upset at one point because uh, his horse in the race didn't go there. Uh, Peacemaker, I think I've made it very clear how much I freaking love it. I want to do a spoiler episode all about it, but as of right now, I am the only person I know that has seen the entirety of it. I really want Danny to watch it so we can talk about it. Um, but I don't know where that'll be, so maybe there'll be a bonus note in the future where I talk about it, or maybe if you're listening and uh, you want to come on the podcast and talk all about it, shoot me an email, laughitupfuzzballpodcast at gmail.com, or hit me up on the Book of Faces, and um, we can talk about it. I did see the movie being the Ricardos, because uh, Danny blew it and said it was so good. It was a good movie. Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem. Man, it, it was uh, enjoyable. It was a, a really good movie. Uh, me and Heather did finally catch up on Cobra Kai. We were all caught up. Uh, we watched all of season two. We watched season three. And, oh, man. Uh, it makes me, as a as a Wookiee whose hair has grown longer and is silver and can be pulled back into ponytail, wonder if all of a sudden I become the villain of the story. Uh, but Cobra Kai has no business being as good as it is as a continuation of the Karate Kid movies. Uh, but it, it's so great, and it, it has me excited and makes me realize how much I truly, truly love those Karate Kid movies. And be like, oh, that's from the second one. Oh, that's from the third one. Oh, that's from the first one. Oh, it's from my childhood. Oh, I love it so much. And Heather loves it, too. <laughs> and we, we just, we're looking forward to season four now, now that we're all caught up. I did uh, catch Teen Titans Go versus uh, Teen Titans. I think that was on the Hippo Max. Yeah, I enjoyed that movie. Uh, as well as watching uh, Injustice, the Injustice movie, which is on Hippo Max, man, that uh, that also was was really really freaking good. I I enjoyed that very very much. Uh, on the the DCW side, I'm slowly catching up on on all the shows. In fact, uh, we're still on the the last season of Batwoman and Legends of Tomorrow, and they're the finales, I think, for both Batwoman and Legends of Tomorrow are this week on the CW and then the flash is going to be picking back up again and I've only seen two out of five of the the newest episodes of the newest season of the flash but I am watching the Naomi show Ava DuVernay uh, and collaborators bringing Brian Michael Bendis's uh, original comic about uh, an African I guess it's not African-American although she is American although she is an alien although she is interdimensional but uh, bringing his new black superheroine uh to live action life and and so far it's really enjoyable i put it right right in the tone of star girl which is also a show that i really watched although me and heather are, are behind on the second season um but yeah i really really like it and i think uh there's there's a lot there for for people to enjoy and uh it has that you know that riverdale kids element but it also is said in the superhero world, you know, Thanagarians and Superman and, and whatnot. Uh, and Star Labs, you know, name name dropped and, and different things. Uh, I, I highly recommend uh, that. And I'm trying to, is it Cobra Kai season three? We might have actually watched season three and four. Uh, if I'm if I'm being honest, I'd, I'd actually have to to look that up and, and put you on hold and I don't I don't think you want to be put on hold so maybe maybe I'll uh, I'll keep talking and see if I can multitask and uh, and go over some other stuff so other things that I watched um, let's see uh, the last duel I caught that on the Hibbo Max uh, the the 
is it Ridley Scott? Oh man, now there's all sorts of shit that I gotta look up. Um, I think Ridley Scott is Gladiator, right? He's the and he came out and said, nobody, nobody likes my movies, cause, cause nobody likes good shit anymore. It was Ridley Scott, <laughs> but uh, you know, Jodie Comer and Matt Damon, Adam Driver, Ben Affleck's. Affleck's. <laughs> that's uh, that's there. Were, there was more than one Ben Affleck's. No, I'm kidding. There was only one. Although he was actually acting and seemed to be enjoying acting in there. And Adam Driver, always amazing. And Matt Damon did a good job. It's just you know him and him Ben Affleck sort of look out, out of place in a medieval French drama. Um, and it was Cobra Kai season three and four, by the way. I uh, I did a little while I was vamping for myself I actually looked it up so I've seen both the third and fourth season while me and Heather caught up and we're looking forward to season five so freaking good but The Last Duel was an enjoyable movie I like the the Rashomon effect with the the three different stories and I mean with the with what goes down with the with the one French knight's wife uh, it's uh, trigger warning content for, for rape and, and uh, toxic masculinity but uh, you know, it was an enjoyable movie. Do I do I think that's the sort of movie that the kids nowadays want to be watching? No, I think in the time when Ridley Scott's Gladiator made all the money, The Last Duel have also made all the money. But I think times may have changed, and uh, making making a movie about two knights, you know, uh, doing one last duel in medieval France uh, because because of the rape of one of them's wife oh my god yeah just just saying it out loud it's like wow that's a that's an interesting interesting uh take i did i watched uh you know assembled for the making of hawkeye and the making of uh of eternals and both of them really enjoyable uh, if you enjoy any of those shows, I really like how on Disney Plus they're putting up those behind the scenes. And I have yet to see if they've put up a behind the scenes for Book of Boba Fett. I think I was on the Disney Plus today. I'm always on the Disney Plus to watch Muppet Babies for Shawnee. But <laughs> I did not see it in the new stuff. But uh, both of those assembled, the making ofs, they do, they do a really good job. In fact, the making of for Loki, if I was ranking the making ofs for all of the, the MCU like TV stream and stuff... It, I would say the Loki one probably was the the best done. It was really really clever with Loki narrating it. Um, but yeah, the the symbol for the making of Hawkeye and the making of Eternals, I really recommend, especially the making of Eternals one. That was a really I like I like getting the you know the DVD features if you will there on the Disney Plus available the bonus features. Uh, I did watch the Kingsman on Hibbo Max, and you know what I enjoyed that movie very very much. I'd heard that it wasn't good. But you know what? It was it was freaking enjoyable. Uh, a father and son story, uh, a World War One story, which is interesting. You know, the the same time period as Wonder Woman, uh, although different universes. But uh, you know, dealing with the assassination of the Archduke Franz Ferdinand, and and the the you know weird entangled alliances that lead to World War One, but suggesting that there's some mastermind behind it all and then the actor that plays Rasputin just <laughs> steals the show oh my god that character is so larger than life and interesting and riveting to watch um, and you know from from Russia to, to Scotland to England to, to uh, somewhere in Africa at the beginning of it and it, it was just a really enjoyable story uh, lots of action Lots of fighting, lots of lots of gritty violence, 
and overall just just uh, a really cool story and honestly I would like to see what what would be next whether it would be the king's men and then you get Kingsman, of course, the Secret Service. But you know, Ralph Fiennes, I just I thought he was great uh, as the freaking thing. And I mean, it's Rice Ifans who plays Grigory Rasputin. But you know, Matt Matthew Vaughn, just wow! It was it was a a really really enjoyable enjoyable movie. I enjoyed it very very great. Um, Gemma Atherton or Ather Arterton. Uh, plays Polly, which is another great character, and uh, Harris Dickinson playing the son of Ralph Fiennes. I I just really enjoyed it, and uh, you know it's it was the perfect kind of movie for me to turn off my brain and enjoy it. But because I'm such a, a history nerd, I didn't completely shut off my brain because I'm like, oh, that's interesting. You know, they're using these historical events to to bookend the different narrative things that are going on. And uh, overall, I th I thought it was really really freaking good. I enjoyed it very, 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 very much. <laughs> uh, I am watching The Legend of Vox Machina on on uh, Amazon Prime, uh, the the Critical Role guys show, and and so far I enjoy it. If I was uh, gonna say you know non spoiler Scanlan so far, I really enjoy that character. Uh, but there's there's lots of different. The party is made of lots of interesting characters, and and so far I'm enjoying the the story that's going I think I've seen there's seven or eight out of the 12 episodes and uh yeah it's enjoyable I mentioned the boys diabolical uh just dropped like two days ago I've already watched the entire thing it is uh eight eight episodes they're like you know 15 to, to 30 minutes long depending on the thing written by you know just off the top of my head Andy Samberg and Aquafina and Garth Ennis uh, man, all sorts of wild stories uh, in that universe of the boys with Vought and superheroes. And uh, it's wild and it's bonkers and it's crazy. Uh, but there's one that's like a Looney Tunes style animation. And then there's one that's like an anime style animation. Um, it, it's just really, really good. And I hope that they do a whole shit ton more of it. Because there's so many more stories that could be told. And it, it was freaking great and wonderful and lovely and uh, dark and bloody and, and touching and heartfelt at moments and uh, yeah <laughs> and it's silly and stupid at other times but but overall just wonderful so freaking good uh, and then the last thing to say uh, I watched West Side Story I watched Steven Spielberg's version of West Side Story and you know uh, somewhere here in the future there will be a musical episode I think I've, uh, I've, I've narrowed down who the people are that are going to talk about musicals with me uh, since the first person I wanted to do it, uh, I guess I should hit them up again and see if they're available. Um, but, uh, you know, my buddy Steven actually expressed interest during Blue's Wedding, so I think I may just throw the ball over to him and see if the Queen of the North maybe wants to talk musicals too. But it was good. I mean, there there were some, some minor tweaks and changes, but, man, I love that musical. I love that music. Yes, I get it. It's just a modern retelling of Romeo and Juliet, but it's it's just so freaking good. And the the actors that they got to play sing so well. Uh, but I really celebrate that I, I do feel as if the uh, Puerto Ricans in in the, the Puerto Ricanos in the movie got, got to be so much more than just the villains of the story. And uh, the setting uh, it felt more entrenched in history. 
uh, in in disenfranchised youth and uh, anger that comes from you know uh, socio poor socioeconomic classes being pitted against each other rather than looking up t- into the the ivory towers that overlord over them um, and and Rita Moreno and you know getting expanding the doc character so to speak and giving her so much more to do and and handling like the final scene that happens with Anita uh, so much better and and oh man it's just a freaking really good movie well choreographed well acted well sung and uh i i I see what people are saying when they say it feels like steven spielberg returning to his roots getting back to to that magic when he was young and and hungry and uh it's good and of course uh i I always watch a muppet babies in the muppet show with shawnee right (laughs) because because that's what the boy wants to watch and i don't complain because i love me some Muppets. I think uh, we're about ready to finish the third season of Muppet Babies, which means we've watched seasons one to three twice, like in the last month. <laughs> and that's okay, because the boy enjoys it. And uh, every once in a while I get to watch some Muppet show. I just watched uh, I think uh, Liberace and and some other people, because that's one of the great things. You're like, oh yeah, lots of because it was a variety show and you know people got booked on it because they wanted to get their name out there for the for the masses but the show happened in the late 70s so uh the the tides have turned as far as who's famous and popular but some uh some names are still around you know there's a uh, mark hamill and and uh sylvester stallone and others but uh, yeah really really good uh also i think not recently but the monty python I uh, can't think of his name, but uh, yeah, one of the Pythons was on it, and I should look it up, but I'm not going to, because I've already looked up enough stuff, and this episode's wrapping up. That's not, that's everything. It's Geeky Watches. I caught up, friends. Hey, hey. Uh, you know the drill. Send an email. Laugh at a fuzzball podcast at gmail.com. Uh, find me on Twitter and Instagram, at Wookie Riot. Uh, the Laugh It Up Fuzzballs Facebook group is a real easy way to get in touch with me or Blue or Danny. You want to wear merch? Support the podcast, including a new shirt, which is dropping either tonight or tomorrow. RoboCob itself. Um, laugh It Up Fuzzball. So it's tpublic.com slash user slash laugh dash it dash up dash fuzzball. Of course, the home for the podcast is anchor.fm slash laugh dash it dash up dash fuzzball. And then that's all of the things, I believe. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for being classy. Be excellent to each other. Party on, dudes. And thanks for being a part of this wild and zany adventure of geekery where you can talk about Mayor McCheese or a sassery or or any of the things. And uh, I appreciate each and every one of you for being a part of it. And until the next level of the podcast, it's me, TTFN, Wookie, out.